It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we talked about the Spongebob movie, the original one, the most amazing movie of our time. It's a good way to put it. Uh, we also put out our <laughs> weekly Twitter poll asking if you think Spongebob is a man or a boy in the context of the Spongebob Squarepants movie. 58% of you said you see him as a boy instead of a man. This is one of our higher turnout polls, uh, so thank you everybody for contributing, and it was pretty close, you know, 58% to 42%, and I, for one, voted for man, but it all, there's certainly an argument for both. Yeah, I actually went with boy on this one. I, I went I went back and forth. I think, I think I did that he's a boy, but I did that in the nicest way. Do you know what I mean? I, in my mind, that was a good thing. I wasn't trying to downgrade. Do you know, For you sure. get what I'm saying? I, sure. I think he should be proud of the fact that he's still a child. Yeah, that's valid. I guess that's kind of where my vote was coming from anyway. It's like, he is a man, even though he does childish things. It's kind of different interpretations of the same idea, you know? Yeah, and, and maybe that's part of why this sort of ended up closer than, you know, I thought it might. So, yeah, good stuff. Sure. This week, we are going to be discussing some fine dining episodes this is thanks to at Allie, the writer, for her suggestion, and we're really excited to get another fan suggestion in. Um, other fans, please send in your ideas, too. We've gotten some great ones. We've dug into some topics we definitely wouldn't have uh, fell on. So thanks so much, Allie, and feel free to write us your ideas, guys. Yeah, and let me just say, Allie, we'll discuss more as we get on, but like... These are airtight. These are such, they're different enough, all these three episodes, but they have, you know, one stubbornly common theme, and I feel like we're getting back to some, like, old-school Friday Night Nicktoons where we used to have far more cohesive themes. We've gotten a little more broad in recent days, so it's nice to go back to our sort of old way of doing things, so thank you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Alright, our first episode is from CatDog. It's entitled You're Fired, and it's from Season 2, Episode 9C. And in this one, Cat wants to impress Miss Tallulah, a famous movie star. But things go awry when Dog eats some hot peppers in the kitchen, and Cat Dogs start breathing fire. And uh, they pretend to be waiters, essentially, to impress her, which is sort of a common theme in today's podcast. And not even necessarily just pretending to be waiters, but pretending is the overarching theme for sure. Oh, that's true. That's um, some Shakespearean level analysis. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> false identities and trying to impress people. Yeah, that's very much the, yeah, you could call this one like, uh, I don't know, not bluffing, but you could call it something related to, uh, you know, putting up false pretenses. It doesn't even have to be about food. Absolutely. But they all do happen to do with food, and, and speaking of, one of my favorite moments of this entire episode is Kat is just going on and on about Tallulah and how amazing she is, and he, you know, he's looking at a picture of her, and then Dog is like, I feel the same way about Mexican food, and just pulls out this, like, picture of tacos, and it's beautiful. 
Yeah. And it's so it's awesome. So me. It took me back to uh, our recent analysis in As Told by Ginger with Darren, the storyboard artist, where we talked about the uh, bachelorette bean burrito. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically another another thing that is is part of part of my life, man. I've I love I love being gross and just eating Mexican food, oh, you know? For sure, for sure. That was a major part of my college career. Yeah. Not even gonna lie. Pretty All much right. majored in it. I, I I'm gonna quick one last sidebar. I I will say post graduating college, I miss having Mexican food places that will deliver to me until like two in the morning. Nowhere delivers in the suburbs. Oh yeah, that's a bummer. That's yeah. All. See, I went I went essentially from suburbs to city from college to real oh, life. Oh right, so that's fair. Now I have like so many more food options, especially in Evanston when everything is closing. It's very bizarre. All the food places yeah. are gone. Regardless, Tallulah is this <laughs> recurring character, apparently. She's in three other episodes, and per the cat dog wiki, which I must say is horribly written, so sorry if any of what you are involved. But, like, no, Ashley, it's especially bad. Like, uh, even when I was just reading the episode description, it said things go away instead of things go awry. <laughs> Beautiful. I had to correct on the fly. Everything's everything goes away there, you yeah, know. Right. I, I uh, hate when things get away, go away. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the description of Tallulah's introduction. It says, "Cat Dog and Tallulah first met during the Abe Lincoln Superstar musical, which sounds like some like '90s Nicktoons version of Hamilton." So uh, we have to check this out. <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about doing a musical episode, and we've kind of gone back and forth as to whether or not there's enough. I don't know if that's a musical episode, or at the very least, it kind of references one, right? right. So we'll have to dig into well, that. One of Allie's other suggestions we didn't take this time was musical numbers, which I imagine was specific to, hmm. like, one moment in the episode, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, let's talk about Rancid Rabbit. He's always worth a good discussion. Yeah, he's... God, he's got such a grating voice. I'm not wrong on that, right? Like, every time I hear him speak, I, he, he just sounds like the shadiest character. Yeah, he's obnoxious. And what's great about him is he has, like, like 30 jobs <laughs> throughout Cat Dog. Yes. He, he just does whatever. He's every entrepreneur in the town. Right. <laughs> That's a hilarious concept to me, that he just, whenever they need an antagonist businessman, they have him taking on some new thing, you know? Yeah, it's... You know, it's great. It's one of the things I like about the cat-dog world there is just sort of this semi-continuity, right? Right. But yeah, Cat's in love with Tallulah, this movie star who happens to be dining. She, like, walks down a red carpet into the restaurant. She describes her dream man as someone who is as faithful as a dog and as clever as a cat. And so, of course, okay. Cat is all over this. Right, right, but... Why does she have a pet dog? Isn't that weird? This this happens other times, I feel like, too. Like, like with Pluto being different right. than the rest of the animals. I was right? thinking of Pluto, It's, it's always strange. Um, or, like, there's a couple of pets you can throw in in Animal Crossing. I think you can get, like, a dog house or right, something. Right, you can get pets. Strange, or, like, right? you can sometimes, like... Like, I have an octopus in my town, and he'll ask right. for Right, and fish. then you can catch one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, or somebody will, like, ask, like, catch me a frog, and you have a frog in your town. Yeah, like, and it's like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm an accomplice <laughs> but, to something if I do. Right, so, so that, that, 
thing happens a lot, but it is always a little bit off to me. So she just has this tiny little pet dog. Mm-hmm. But then I guess apparently is okay with the idea of being with a dog. I, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird, yep. weird situation We have lots there. of little but, uh, interspecies flirtatious moments in these three episodes. Really the first two. <laughs> Not so much in Hey Arnold. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> Although Helga, <laughs> Arnold tends Helga to be pretty... might, may as well be a different species, let's be honest. To be fair, yeah. Oh, speaking of how... Oh, wait, that's Angry Beavers. We're not there yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so we'll, what else happens? We'll what backtrack. happens? Um, well, so so Dog eats a bunch of these really hot peppers, and it makes cat... I don't know how their digestive tract works. It makes no sense. Like Their biology whatever, in general. It's bizarre, but Dog eats these peppers, and then Cat just starts breathing fire, and he like sets this one dish on fire... And then, I forget what the name of it is, that, that like, rich cat who's just rich all the time. Yeah, the one who looks and like cat, but with a bigger chin. Yeah, and with, like, a different voice right. that sounds all, I don't know. Hoity-toity. But he's all like, oh, you could pay double for this. So, Rancid decides to hire them. And, it's, but then, but then Dog just starts eating garbage instead, so he starts just throwing up garbage on the table, but they're all okay with it. I, there, there's some weird rich people in, in all of these, well, especially the first two, where they they are excited by weird things. But, you know. Yeah. And, you um, know, so Kat basically... Well, first of all, before they're waiters, what are they even doing in there? Just stalking her? They're, like, hiding in a plant... Yeah. Quite, quite literally, yes. I think, because she's, she's like, going down the red carpet and everyone's, like, in love with her because she's a big deal. And then they try to go in and can't, so they decide to pretend to be waiters, but then they end up actually being asked to be waiters or something like that. I, I don't even know. It's pre-9-11 security world of cat dog. You couldn't get away <laughs> with that today. Couldn't stalk a celebrity. But, so cat, cat dog, cat decides to be a waiter to try to impress her with, like, his cooking and food knowledge, which basically consists on lighting everything on fire. Right, and that, he, he literally, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get deep into this. Not a whole lot happens, right? He just kind of sets the whole place on fire. But then, somehow, Tallulah still, like, is in love with him, and she's like, you're my soulmate. But then he sets her dog on fire, and she's like... She's like, uh, my soulmate doesn't char broil puppies. Yeah, he burps, and right? Like, Isn't that kind of what happens? Yeah. He burps and Well, because they, they eat some ridiculously spicy peppers because he can't, he, he like needs more peppers and they're all out of peppers. So they have to eat these yeah. Peruvian atomic peppers and mm-hmm. then it all, you know, gets burnt to a crisp. But that's, that's pretty much the gist of yeah. it. I mean, I, unless there's anything that I'm missing. No, not really, except I think it's worth discussing the point The point we found that you and I are cat dog, but the body that's stuck together is this podcast. Yes. It's kind Wait, of which, one's, which one's which? Am I cat? I think we switch, honestly. That's fair, actually. I'll take Cause, that. Because, like, when I'm nagging you, I'm cat, but then, like, on the podcast, I'm totally dog. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. And I do love the <sighs> quote, yeah, my soulmate doesn't charbroil puppies. <laughs> it's beautiful. He's so close. There's, that, there's a sense of, not dramatic irony, but just, I guess it is dramatic irony. Like, things get so close to happening in all three of these episodes, and then they fall, the ruse falls apart. Yeah, I mean, the second one, kind of. It's not really the, well, we'll get there, but. Yeah. Um, second but... one also ends in a catastrophic <laughs> restaurant explosion. 
this is true. This is true. I guess let's not spoil it too much and we'll get to it right now, talking about our next episode with Angry Beavers. Our next episode is from the Angry Beavers. It's called Dumb Waiters, and it's Season 2, Episode 25B. And in this one, in order to try to get some extra finances to pay for this weird set of movie masks to scare, quote, the bejeebers out of people, Dag and Norbert end up getting jobs at a fine dining restaurant as waiters. However, um... You know, I'm not even sure if I'm going to say things go for the worse because they don't understand things, but they, they don't understand things. Everything's kind of a mess, and uh, that's pretty much the theme of the episode. It's just them being really bad at being waiters and not knowing anything about how anything works within the fine dining world. It's so good, and I have to say their outfits are amazing. Like, Norb has this sort of... It's kind of not Beatles-y. Like, how do you even describe the hair that he has? It's got, like, a really aggressive part. Yeah, it's almost like a like a beehive haircut, but for a guy. Right, right. Like, it doesn't look like, but, like, almost like that. It's it's great. And I think we've commented on this before, that Angry Beavers is great with their costumes. They switch them out all the time. And it's, it's so they much really fun. They really are. It's just, it's really becoming one of my favorite Nicktoons. I'm just becoming so more and more in love with this show every episode. So Dag is, you know, whining to Norb. He was like, you said being a waiter would be easy-weezy, but it's hardy-wardy. This is a pain in my butox. Oh, they are, they are great. <laughs> they, they also, uh, at the very beginning, they're just sitting there at the table, and this, this owner is talking about how they're the snootiest restaurant in town. They're so snooty, they don't even let French people in. And they're, they're just kind of, like, sitting at the table, and the owner's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're, we're waiting. We're your new waiters. <laughs> So from the start, already, they're not understanding how, how things go. And yeah. also, it seems that this restaurant only has one set of clients, right? There's there's just this man and woman that come in, and nobody else is there. Am, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. That's, That's all we see, see. But we see other tables, just, I feel like, too. Maybe, I'm pretty sure we don't see any other people there. This is, this is by far my favorite episode of the three, and it's really because, of, of as always, of their... Uh, their classic rapport, you know, a Norbert and Daggett, and like even they're, they they see their clients, they're the the two, uh, you know, customers who come in and are seated at the table, and uh, Norbert says, "I can almost feel the latex on my face now." And Daggett goes, "Yeah, wait, what do you mean by that?" And it's such a quick moment, yes. <laughs> so absurd. It's they're. They're just great, and, and pretty much it's a continuous thing of them, again, just not knowing what's going on. So, first first comes up, and Dag is supposed to get escargot, so he finds this big old crate marked as escargot, and he's like, escargot, huh, must have misspelled it, takes all the snails out, he's like, oh, get out of here, you gross snails, and just, like, drops the crate there, because he's a beaver, I guess, it makes sense to him that people would just want to eat a bunch of wood. Also, these rich people are bizarre. And because right. he just drops that off. And plus it's S cargo, so he thinks it's yes. cargo. Yes. It's it's actually kind of a brilliant play on everything, right? Oh, it's great. It's 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 incredible. And he he's going, you know, and I'm a beaver and I think this is a, a really tasty It's the tastiest uh, crater. You know yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and just the ongoing thing of Daggett saying moi <laughs> instead of moi, it's a, especially packs a punch in like a French episode like this, but he does it all the time and it's so funny. God, and I, I cannot get enough of these two voice acting. I, I wish I could have just heard them <laughs> talk to one another because that'd be great. I don't know. Oh, I don't know God. where those two are at, but I feel like that would be something worth looking into getting either one of them on this and i, I don't remember they're, if they're oh, both big man. names i mean if we could get if we could get stephen horwitz who is like billy and billy and mandy and invaders in, that's like the dream um that'd be awesome maybe i don't know let us know on twitter if you're listening and like you're like i wish they would do interviews because we've never really done interviews on oh, you know, show. that's true it could be fun i guess we've, we've mostly done them yeah with, um, we're in between but we, we can start digging for people i know we we hit up jim lang long ago but uh, we can. Yeah, I tried. I really we, did. We can try for other people though too. I'm sure. I'm sure there's someone who'd be happy to come and talk to us about things. Moving forward yeah. though, maybe maybe we should. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, they they love it and they they pile yeah. money, literally just pile money onto them. Which. Yeah, they think they're very droll. The word they keep saying is droll, which is like a dry sort of amusement. Um, so they love the beavers. They think that they're performing this like lowbrow act yes. for them, which is just great. And Norb is explaining to Daggett what they have to do. And he goes, our sacred Mishan hangs in the Baylops. <laughs> I don't know. It's so dumb. But the way they both just mispronounce words all the time. Yes. Oh, it just tickles me. I don't no, know what it's it great. is. And, and, and something about their voices, too. It's just, it's so good. <laughs> and then we've got, we've got Dag playing the violin. And then uh, the... The rich man is just like, what a droll parody of ethnic music musicianship. Goodness, I can't words. But just just like this entire thing, yeah, they're, they're I, getting so much entertainment out of what Dag and Orbert seem to think is actual fine dining. Right. And they sort of take a page out of Ren and Stimpy's playbook for this episode. There, there's always a bit of classical music in Angry Beavers, but it's all over this one. There's this Chopin military polonaise, which I played back in the day. It's the bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, da, 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 bum. That's kind of happening as some of this crazy stuff is happening. They're doing that that etude that you know, buddy, da 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 da. But it was like fast. I'd never heard it that way. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting just how much there's a bit of the Brandenburg concertos, Beethoven's Fifth, uh, just all over this episode. I guess because it's supposed to be like a classy restaurant, you right? Know? So it, it makes sense, but it's it's. Earth. Well Sorry, done. a snooty restaurant. Yes, the snootiest <laughs> restaurant in town. Oh, so my favorite moment of this entire oh episode is Daggett's looking through the menu, and he just starts babbling in French at the speed of like, this is all in funny talk. It's gold. It's this kind of stuff that this show is just all about, and... Oh my god, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's when they're making the, the souffle, and he calls it like a souffle or something, I don't know. Souffle, and... yeah, souffle, and, and Daggett goes, no, that's, or Norbert goes, no, that's Italian, and, or I mean, no, that's French, and it reminded me of Spongebob, <laughs> the Spongebob moment where Patrick goes, no, Spongebob, that's Italian, when the bird <laughs> yeah. is, the butterfly is, like, tweeting at uh, them. Um, I do want to quickly backtrack, too, they, so, when they make the chocolate mousse, it's literally chocolate in the shape of a moose, and they they just get into this giant argument as about about whether or not it looks like a moose, and 
you know, the, uh, Norm's all like, I'm a beaver, a woodland creature. Like, he's like saying, like, of course I know what a, a moose looks like. And I'm a, and then Daggett goes, well, I'm a beaver too. Yeah, and he's like, if I lived, if I saw something that looked like that in a forest, I'd, I'd find a new one. Like, it's just such a funny, <laughs> funny repertoire they've got where they just, they're back and forth. I cannot get enough of it. Oh, cannot. Man. Well, I love my favorite episode of their rapport we've watched so far is the New Year's oh, one. Yeah. How they immediately start bickering. Just everything <laughs> just goes to crap immediately. Yeah, they, they can't be trusted oh, with anything. But so what they end up finding out is that these snooty people that they're serving on, they're like family, or no, they themselves own the, own the company that makes. Which the are supposed to be giant, they're trying or to they get. think that they're giant. I guess they think they're full sized, rather masks, not giant, but like right. normal masks. But yeah, go ahead. And they yeah, basically, so they blow up the restaurant. That's you know minor because details. because the souffle turns uh, into a bomb somehow, of course. Right, of course, and then you know everyone's charred. You hear police sirens and. The, uh, the couple just says, you know, any we're, that we're leaving, this has been the worst experience, and uh, he goes, the owner, this, like, big, snooty French guy, just goes, oh, I'll fire these waiters, I'm so sorry, and they go, any snooty person knows the better the restaurant, the worse the service, and your two waiters are the worst, <laughs> I- telling him to give them a raise. Yeah, and then that's... <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, then yes. that's when they kind of find out the mask thing. And they basically, they just take all the money and tips and just hand the masks to them. It's like, oh, how convenient. Here you go. Here's the masks. Uh-huh. And, and I feel like that was almost like the writers were like, we're running out of time. We don't have time for them to go to a store for the masks. Let's just have them get them right away, you know? And and I do like that <laughs> the show doesn't waste a lot of time, right? Like you could spend no, time it making not. it get there, but they're like, you know what? Let's just, let's just keep it coming. Let's get to the jokes. It's very clipped. It just chugs and chugs and chugs, which is great. That's how it should be. And a crazy moment in this episode, one of the masks is just straight up Helga Pataki. (laughs) Like, what on earth? All the others are, like, various, like, people and superheroes, right? To be fair. And then there's just Helga. Helga would be a terrifying mask to wear, so it does make sense. Yeah, jeez. But yeah, what a a fun little Easter egg there, and, um... Unless you have anything else to add, I think that's a, a good way to start talking about our Helga-themed episode. And our third and final episode is from Hey Arnold, entitled Dinner for Four, from Season 4, Episode 5A. And in this one, after seeing Arnold praising Lila as sophisticated, Helga invites him, Gerald, and Phoebe for some fine dining at Chez Paris. And uh, probably just butchered the pronunciation of that, but uh, Helga essentially wins dinner for four, title drop, at a fancy French restaurant. And uh, she invites Phoebe, who she tells to invite Gerald, which is adorable, and... Phoebe not so subtly tells Gerald to invite, I don't know, maybe your best friend. And, of course, they know that that <laughs> he'll invite Arnold. Uh, the whole ploy is Helga is trying to um, convince Arnold that she is sophisticated. So she spends all this time studying uh, etiquette. In fact, let's get all the plot out of the way so we can talk about whatever we want, right? Um Basically, oh, and Nadine has all these cockroaches, and we see that at the beginning of the episode. So as in the restaurant at dinner for four, 
Helga orders more and more and more and more food. Eventually, she realizes they went to the wrong restaurant, and she can't pay because she only has the coupon to the other restaurant. And uh, she calls on Nadine to go and let the cockroaches loose in the restaurant. She finally does after the waiter catches on to their little ruse. And at the end, Arnold realizes what happens and guilts her into... uh, going back and offering to wash dishes overnight so that they could essentially pay for their meal retroactively. I think that's all the plot, so now we can get into all of our various takes. Sure, sure. Um, So first off, the reason that she's suddenly obsessed with being sophisticated, too, is because of Lila, right, of course. Um, And there's kind of this funny jealousy moment where she's like, all she is is smart, pretty, and the nicest girl in school. Why is he so into her? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just real, a funny yeah. concept. Like, why not into me? It's, I have none of these things. But it's it's so it's so typical jealousy, and so she's determined to be sophisticated and conveniently. Yeah. You know, gets the coupon for dinner for four at a French restaurant. I'm just gonna say, I don't know what I, I missed. What the actual reason is that they're getting these prizes? The first one is free dry cleaning for a month. And then there's this fancy French dinner, and they're in, what, like, fourth grade or somewhere around there? Yeah, no, it's super weird. Super weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, Helga says, I'll add a couple of carefully picked stooges to come with me. (laughs) They're referring to, you know, her best friend in that best friend's love interest. I love... Like, 95% of the things that Helga says, <laughs> just, her wording is so good. Yeah. Um, I think we didn't, we didn't yeah, count I, her I, as a secondary character when we did those lists a while ago, and... Yeah, I think we debated. I think if we had, she might be my number one over Lois and Grandpa. You just gotta love Helga. She's, she's so much, she's, she's you know... And we've, we've did long ago our Bataki's episode, but she's got so much to her, I feel like. Like, she she really does want to try. And I think we see that when she starts practicing the etiquette, listening to these sort of tapes and really putting the effort into it. She's not all bad. You know, like, yes, this is a scheme, but she is really trying her hardest to really impress him, you know? Like, there, there is some merit to that, I think. Like, she's, she's not really trying to trick him exactly. She's just trying to, I mean... I guess she's trying to act like something she's not, but it's because she really, you know, cares about him and wants him to like her. Yeah. It's it's understandable. Is it fair to compare her to Carl Foutley? I feel like they're two of a kind in some ways. Like, in some ways, I think... You know, Carl's never interested in the love stuff, but they're both sort of smart, ultimately good people who will kind of do whatever it takes to get what they want. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some validity there i think too yeah because carl ultimately definitely does care about people as well and we'll see that so yeah i i see that i think um i think too and what kills me about this one is had helga not mixed up those restaurants and gone to the right french restaurant in the first place like everything would have worked out well for you know like yeah that was her honest mistake but oh god and, and i remembered this one and I was, like, cringing, just remembering that that moment was going to come, and everything just starts falling apart. Right. Oh, and Helga also says droll all the time to prove how sophisticated she yes. is, just like the guy in the Angry Beavers episode, so that was kind of funny. 
And yeah, like you said, Arnold buys Fun it. Continuity. He goes, Helga, I had no idea you were so sophisticated. I'm impressed. And she goes, I've always been sophisticated as she puts a bendy straw in her glass of, what was it, <laughs> Pyrenees spring water for the table that she orders. Yeah, She nails it. The whole night oh, she God. is being, you know, she looks lovely. She's just being all class from start to finish. She knows what how to pronounce all the dishes. Like, she really did her homework and she very rudely corrects Phoebe on using her steak knife instead of her butter knife for the chicken. But other than that, she's polite and, you know, classy. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, like I said, it, it, it just kills me to know that had she looked at the coupon right, because it was still for a French restaurant, it's just that she went to the the wrong one. I, up until that moment, you know, hypothetically, she would have paid for it, it all would have went smoothly, and it's just, oh, it's so sad to see it. And then, I guess the, the issue is how she deals with it, right? Phoebe's like, you should just explain the situation, and instead she, she just digs it deeper. She's like, I'm just going to keep ordering more things. I'm going to get Nadine to drop these cockroaches, and I'm just going to keep on ordering more and more food. Everyone's already stuffed. Um, and, and the waiter calls her on it, too. The waiter's like, I'm beginning to think that you can't pay for your food. And also, just quick thought, I feel like if a bunch of fourth graders, or I guess four fourth graders, walk into your fancy, fancy French restaurant, I feel like part of you is going to be like, there's no way these kids have this kind of money, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, it does seem bizarre. And she pulls this ruse that she's Helga Van Buren, granddaughter of Helmut Van Buren, <laughs> the richest man in the city. And he buys it, and then he call. He, they get a call from Helmut Van Buren, and he says he'd like to make a reservation, and the whole ruse is up. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. And that's when Helga calls in Nadine from the, the phone <laughs> at the restaurant, which yeah. is kind of funny and old school. And also just, I like the idea, Nadine is just prepped. Oh, she also has, she's like, what classification of cockroach do you want? And Helga's like, I don't, I don't care. Just eat cockroaches here. And it's, it's this whole thing. Yeah, so she's like um, overthinking which one to bring. So that's why it takes her so long. And meanwhile, Phoebe tries to encourage Helga to, you know, do the right thing. Fess up and do whatever it takes. And Helga goes, that's a terrible idea. And she she decides to stall by continuing to order mo more food that Helga, that Arnold and Gerald do not want to eat. Gerald even says, if I eat another bite, I'm going to blow chunks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mess. And then we get kind of this funny moment, though. The cops are there because the waiter calls the cops because she's not paying for her food. And, um, the, the waitress, like, this woman, she's, or this kid, whatever, is refusing to pay the bill. Then the cockroaches come in, and the cops are like, Miss, if I was you, I'd refuse to pay the bill. And it's just kind of a funny moment, and kind of funny that, you know, her scheme totally works. Right? Yeah. Like, she technically does get out of it. But, of course, Arnold, being the golden child that he is, talks her into going back. Yeah, it's kind of a nice, and, sort of predictable, then, but kind of nice thing that, you know, Helga, Arnold, has so much, really has so much more control over her than he realizes. And I, I, I feel like this, this comes up a number of times. They go back in there and they wash dishes for the night to pay for it, but considering how much food they ordered, right, this has got to be, like, pretty expensive meals. They had, like, whole lobsters for each of them and stuff, right? Like... Man, I would, I'd wash dishes for a night for that good of a dinner. Yeah. Those and that's get such crazy. a trope, like you pointed out, you know. It's it so is. funny that uh, 
that always happens. It's like, okay, can I just not pay? I'll do dishes for a night to eat, like, a really fancy meal. That's it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for, like, a $20 meal, but if we're talking, like, fancy French restaurants where you get literally everything on the menu, that, that'd easily be, like, a $100 <clears throat> meal, sure. you know, if you, if you get enough. It's gotta be more than, like... That's, that's a pretty I'll good bet night. i bill, you know, okay, maybe in the 90s would have been different, but I'll bet they were pushing a couple hundred dollars buying, you know, round after round of food. Yeah, that's true, that's for true. For four people. So, yeah, I would... I'd play that game, especially as a 10-year-old. You can't get that kind of money right. otherwise. Especially, but... yeah, so... And, and there's no way that would be legal, right? No, it, it wouldn't be. I don't know, maybe because they're kids, they get leeway, but... Oh, no, I like this episode. I guess, but it, it, it shows up. Right. A lot of places. Anyways, all go ahead. All in all, I liked this episode. I could have used more Gerald and Phoebe cuteness, but, uh... They don't really get into that in this episode. Like, they're more just, you know, as Helga says, stooges for her plan. Yeah, I, I also do love, though... Very ending, Arnold's like, you know, you admitting that, that was really sophisticated. And it was a cute, yeah. cute little moment between them. You know, they actually ended a and good place. And then he place, winks at her and splashes her with water, kind of abnormal. which is really cute. Yeah, so it, it gives me hope for their hypothetical future. Yeah, and November 23rd, Jungle Movie, so we'll have to see what ends up happening there. I'm too pumped for words, you guys. I promise you we will we will cover it. And it will be, hopefully, everything we've ever wanted it to be. The um, trailer gave me a lot of hope, but we'll have to hold out and you know see. What? But that's everything I've got for I have the... an idea, Ashley. For the, the Let's say for like the two episodes leading up to the Jungle movie, let's just do the last six Hey Arnold episodes. Oh, yeah. And then when we get to the... Because three weeks seems a little too much, you know? So why don't we just do like, yeah. you know, three, basically one and a half full episodes each week. Or wait, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. So we'd really be doing the last, you know, three double episodes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because are those all double episodes? I'm not sure. Three? We'll have to check. Or are you saying the but, pairs? Uh, the pair. Uh, for, for sure, we'll have to make sure that we do the journal. Yeah. I think that is the last episode, but we'll make sure that if it's not, the, we, that's got to be the one that we right. do, right? Because that kind of talks about all the backstory. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. To speed we will definitely have a lead event, though. And then do an episode, though. of course, on the movie when it comes out. Or we could even, it might not even be the last ones. We can find the ones that reference his parents, because I think there's That's a, few, a good idea, too. And I don't know if they're that's consecutive. That's a good idea, too. Okay, we'll, we'll figure out our podcasting <laughs> later, but uh, I think we're ready right now for some trivia. All right, it's time for Nick Trivia. Current standings are Casey at five and me at five. It's been a pretty crazy season. We've both been doing our best, I'd say. Let's see if somebody takes the lead. Yeah, and unfortunately, we can't reduce our fractions this week. We're both five out of seven. We're in trivia round eight. <laughs> All right, Casey, hit me with it. All right, mine's a visual question based on our last episode of Hey Arnold. And the question is, what color jacket is Gerald wearing to dinner in Dinner for Four? Is it... Red, green, purple, or blue? I'm totally unsure. I'm going to go with blue for no good reason. Final answer. And that is... Correct! Correct. Well done. He's got a red shirt nice. underneath, so a nice sort of classy dark blue-red combo. That's what my gut was, and normally I talk this out for way too long, but uh, <laughs> hey... Felt felt like the right way to go. Let's see. Let's see if Casey can can match up, or will I finally take oh, the lead geez. for the first time this oh, season? Geez. I can only hope. 
Okay. My question is, what year did the final episode of Cat Dog air? 2003, 2004, 2005, or 2006? Okay, all of those are later than I would have expected. I'm pretty sure it was not 2006. I'm going to go 2004, final answer. Wrong! 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 That is incorrect. Wow. Actually was 2006. Weird, wow. there's this weird gap between 2002 and 2006, hmm. between season 3 and season 4. Season 4 happened in 2006, only episode 8 episodes long, but it does exist. So I thought that was weirdly late too, which is why I went with it. But yep, there you go. Go And guys, I got the lead. I'm going to win this yeah. time. I'm going to win trivia. I'm going to win trivia. This is the season three is the one that counts. Well done. Let's You've gotten go. a bunch right in a row now. <laughs> Man, I had such a hot start and now I'm losing. This is unacceptable. Hey, you've still got time though. I'm, I'm sure things will get interesting. That's true. We're doing what? To the end of 2017? Yeah, I think that's what we agreed on. So we've, we've still got a while, and I'm only ahead by one, but I am ahead by one. Man, all right. Well, we'll have to check in next week. All right, next up we have a special announcement, a fun fact, a Twitter poll, and a preview for next week. Our special announcement this week is that this very episode is our 100th episode podcasting. So uh, congratulations to us. This includes We're In Between episodes and our six bonus episodes of We're In Between that are interviews, plus obviously our 64 FNN podcasts. So uh, we made it. We're, of course, going to have a bigger celebration when we get to 100 Friday Night Nicktoon podcasts, but uh, still a pretty cool milestone to have 100 episodes in our queue. Absolutely. Thanks so much for all of you guys who have stuck with us through it all. And, you know, for any of the new people, uh, you've got plenty of old content to check back on. I'm sure the newer episodes have gotten better. I hope they have. But anyways, anyways, <laughs> uh, our fun fact for this week is that Rancid Rabbit is voiced by Billy West, who is both the voice of Stimpy and also a lot of Futurama voices. Yeah, this uh, blew my mind because it's pretty... It doesn't really sound that much like him. We know, of course, from Futurama that he can sound like a million different people. You know, the fact that he's the Professor and Fry and Hermes and Zoidberg is absolutely, absolutely. nuts. <laughs> so, uh, very talented man. And uh, Rancid Rabbit is probably not my favorite of his characters, but he does a good job nonetheless. Alright, and our Twitter poll this week is, do you think Arnold should date Helga or Lila? I think there's a lot more to this one than might initially strike you, in terms of what's best for Arnold and what's best for each of these ladies. So, uh, yeah, share us your thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I that. think this is a really interesting question, and so I think there's valid reasons for both, so curious to see how that one turns out. Next week, I'm going to be a little bit little bit busy. I'm here in Seattle for PAX. I'm sure some of you guys know, at least know what that is, and that I'm off in Boston for work. So just a little too crazy for me to get the recording done. But we have a special guest, Ray, filling in for me next week. Casey, if you want to fill him in on that. Yeah, yeah. Ray is my friend from college. They are awesome. And we are still nailing down a 
topic, but buy our episodes to watch on Tuesday. We will have that out. Some of our floated ideas have been an episode where the protagonist is mysteriously missing and there's just somebody <laughs> else there. Uh, new kids in town or uh, bikes because Ray works in a bike shop. So uh, those are some of our options. And who knows, maybe we'll go with something totally different, but it'll be fun to uh, spice things up a little bit and... Uh, you know, you're still getting the good half of the podcast, hey now, hey now. so uh, nothing, nothing to oh, grieve Oh man, do you know here. what this really means, though? <laughs> Is that, at the very least, I will hold my trivia lead for two weeks. Or should Ray answer for you? I don't like that. <laughs> no, I'm we'll kidding. take a week off of trivia next week. <laughs> oh, goodness. I was like, just call funny. me in just for the That's trivia. Just just for the chance. I was like, we kind of could. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss what's <laughs> happening with trivia next week. But we got a long season left. Ashley does have the lead that does upset me. So I would like to resolve that as quickly as possible. Alrighty. We'll see. All right, guys. Thanks so much, as always, for listening. And we'll see you next week.